Good morning. Uh, as Lois said, my name's Sean and I'm part of the team here and it's a privilege to uh, just share a few words from uh, God's Word with you this morning. So, just so that you know, from the stage there has always been a lot of kind of Liverpool, Manchester United comments, this, that and the other. I just want you to know that I'm not involved in any of that who's the best, Liverpool or Manchester United, because uh, we all know that Stoke City are the best football team in the world. So there we go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, my question this morning was, what was your biggest fashion mistake? Right, I'm going to let you into a little bit of a secret. Uh, this is one of mine uh, on this. Uh, so that's me. Yep, that's me. Um, I was around about 12 or 13. I was about to go on a date with somebody that my brother's wife set me up with. Uh, it was the daughter of somebody she worked with. Um, and you think that's bad, okay? But she turned up in a multicolored shell suit with white stiletto heels. For those of you not old enough to know what a shell suit is, it's basically a multicolored bin bag in the style of a tracksuit. One of the worst, worst fashion things ever. And I'm pleased to say I tried one on and it never made it out of the shop on my back. Um, so that was mine. Also, white jeans. No, I never wore, I should never have worn white jeans. No, not a good idea. Um, and then I was also given by a good friend of mine some leather trousers. At around about 15, I wore them once and never, ever saw the light of day in them again. So that's fine. So what's some of your fashion mistakes? Come on, Daniel. You wore your coat inside out? Oh, mate, we've all done that, I'm sure. What else? Come on, there's got to be some. Winkle pickers. Winkle pickers. Oh, I, I know a certain man called Ian Aitken that at one stage had a mullet. Come on, who's had a mullet? I had one. Oh, oh thank you, Michael. Great. Everybody's, why aren't you owning up to your fashion faux pas? I've been there-ish, kind of. I just had highlights. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be bald by the time you're 40, mate. Trust me. Um, so, as we go through life, fashions change. And our sizes change, and we grow up, and we have to buy new clothes, this, that, and the other. We'll slim into that. We'll do all kinds of different things. I was the youngest of four. So... Are hand-me-down clothes still a thing for children? They are. Great. Um, and do you, is it still as awful as it was for me growing up? Because I had some really, really bad hand-me-down clothes. And I also had some really bad random strangers from the pub that my dad met. Um, and they had a, a child who was like 10 years older than me, and suddenly I'd be wearing these clothes from some random stranger from the pub that my dad had met. I had, at one stage, my dad came home because I needed some new shoes with some shoes, 
And I'm kidding you not, it had a heel on that big. I was eight. Feel sorry for me after the meeting, please. Um, The reality is that as we grow up, we need to start to wear new clothes because we are growing physically. Now, I'm not particularly a sentimental guy, but there's a few things that we've kept with our children. One of the things was um, a pair of Evie's first shoes. Evie's my daughter. She's just turned 23. Um, and they were pink and purple from Clark's. They were her first shoes that she learned to walk in. She was walking by the age of 11 months. And one day, Catherine, my wife, picked her up from uh, nursery, and her key worker was absolutely mortified. And um, she was like, what, what's, Catherine's like, what's going on? What's the matter? And Evie had got hold of a biro pen and had scribbled all over these lovely pink and purple shoes. Well, for us, it wasn't a big deal. It was like, oh, well, that just adds a little bit more of Evie into uh, the garment. But we still got these pink shoes somewhere. I'm not quite sure. I would have brought them in, but I couldn't be bothered to go into the loft because it was red hot. Um, so the reality of it is, is the thing that I want to draw your attention to is... And this is where I start to get deep. Okay, follow me. Follow this with me. Children grow up. Have you ever noticed? They come out, these little bundles of joy. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. (laughs) These little bundles of joy. And little by little, day by day, month by month, year by year, they grow up into lovely, large bundles of joy. And the reality of it is, generally, in life, we know, given the right conditions and the right environment, children will go from these little babies into full-grown adults, generally speaking. The The Bible talks about Christians being babies. And that as when we become a new Christian, we are a new baby. It says in 1 Peter 2, 2 to 3, that like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. When we first become a Christian, we're like a newborn baby. And we've got to start taking the goodness of God into our lives to begin to spiritually grow. We need to make sure that the environment that we place ourselves in helps us to do that. I'll talk a bit more about that in a few moments. So, so far we've learned that children grow and that as Christians, we should grow up too. Now you can take that however you want to. Some Christians really do need to grow up. Um, Today I want to share a few thoughts from a book in the Old Testament. So that's the first part of the Bible from 1 Samuel 2. But before I get there, I want to give you some context. Now, there's this lady, this lady's called Hannah, uh, Hannah, and she's married to Alcana. Alcana is also married to Penina. Times have changed. We don't do that anymore, um, just to make sure that they're clear. So Alcana's got these two wives. Penina now has been giving lots of children to Alcana, but Hannah is barren. She's not able to conceive any children. And this was a real source of grief and sorrow for her. 
they would go up once a year to the temple to offer sacrifices and Hannah would just pour her heart out before God, praying, God, just let me have a child. Let me have a child. God, if you let me have a child, I will dedicate it to the Lord. So she went away and she conceived and she gave birth to a boy called Samuel. And once he was weaned, she gave him to Eli, who was the priest at the temple, to serve him in the temple at that time. So she promised to God, God, let me conceive. And I promise you that if you do that, I will dedicate him to the Lord and let him serve Eli in the temple. Now, Hannah went on to have more children because she was faithful to what? She promised to God. And then I want to now read just a little portion from 1 Samuel. And it's from chapter 2, 18 to 21. And it says this. But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment that, that, like that of a priest. Each year his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband to the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, may the Lord give you other children to take place of this one she gave to the Lord. And the Lord blessed Hannah and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now there's a challenge for parents. Are our children growing up in the presence of the Lord? Are our homes a place where our children can sense God's presence. I love the way that a seemingly natural thing within God's word can speak volumes to Christians as his spirit gives light. And I want us to talk about the fact that Hannah took this new robe to Samuel and what that might mean to us today. What could we possibly get from this first act So, one of the first things we need to consider is that we are called to grow. Just as children naturally and physically grow within the right environment, God expects us to grow as Christians. Each year, Hannah made a robe, and when she went up to the temple, she went and presented it to Samuel, knowing full well that he would have grown throughout those 12 months. And God, just as Hannah expected Samuel to have grown, expects you to grow. In fact, he's urging you to grow. He's committed to your growth. He's given us everything that we need. He's given us the word of God, the things within the Bible that helps us, that feeds us to grow. He's given us his Holy Spirit to be our champion, to be the person there guiding us through our lives, impressing upon us, as we heard this morning from Lois, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. He's given us his church to help us mature, to urge us on, to encourage us and to release us and to equip us. He gave us Jesus so the whole thing could be started. He gave his one and only son that we can know what salvation looks like, know that we can come into a relationship with God. Everything that we have 
is at our disposal to grow and to mature as children of God. We can get to know what ex-slave trader and abolitionist John Newton wrote when he wrote these words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. What words of profoundness about a God that he takes somebody with such a bad history, turns it around, and he knows that grace that God has placed upon his life. We get to not understand God's mercy. We get to understand God's sovereignty. We get to understand God's immeasurable love for your life as we start to spiritually grow. So how are you growing? What are you doing within your life? Hebrews 5 says this. It's from the message translation. I have a lot more to say about this, but it is hard hard to get it across to you since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves, yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics of God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food long ago. Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature, who have some practice in telling right from wrong. God is expecting you to grow. God has given you all the right things to ensure that growth is there. But we have to put them into practice. Are you building these things into your life? A daily rhythm. We were talking about rhythms at the beginning of the year of reading your word, of worship. These things that God has given to us to enable us to grow. The next thing we need to consider perhaps is growing up means growing into new things. There's a common phrase each September across all households with children. And it's around about the time when the children have their new school uniform. And that phrase is, it's a bit big. The usual response is, what's the usual response? You'll grow into it. And they always do. And why is it that shoes last up until about one month before the end of school year. They always get trashed, and then you have to buy a new which you, a new pair, and then you'll know that within six months, they'll need a new pair. So frustrating. You'll grow into it. So Hannah would have ensured that each time she took up this new robe, there was room for growth, because she anticipated Samuel growing. What about the robes that God is placing to you today, giving to you today? What about the things that God is asking you to do? Is he offering something to you today which you're going, well, that's a bit too big. I can't be doing that. Have you ever sat back at the beginning of a year and God, God, I hope this year isn't like last year. I feel like I've been doing that for the last three years. 
sometimes God is sitting back and going, come on, Sean, press into me more. There's these things that are going on in your life which is calling you to come to me, to press into me further, to read my word more. Because sometimes the challenges that you face seem too big. Sometimes as individuals, the challenge can be too big. Sometimes as a church or as family, the challenge is too big. But we should expect new challenges. We should expect things to come to us that test our faith, that test our life. Romans 5 verse 3 to 5 says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Helps develop character. But the struggle that you face today will develop your character and your strength to help you in your tomorrow. Challenge after challenge come your way. And it's this point you realize that I have to depend on God. If this is what God is giving to me, I need to depend on him more. Let your test become a, de- a testimony of God's faithfulness, of God's goodness, of God's mercy, of God's unending love. Let those tests become your testimony. I believe that as we're offer- being offered these new robes, then God has for us a wealth of love and strength that we can draw upon. Now, I've asked for a volunteer this morning, so if you'd like to step up, that would be fantastic. Daniel's here. Let's welcome Daniel. If you can come this side of me, please, mate. Thank you. Now, Daniel, maybe this morning... God is offering you, I haven't got robes, so use your imagination. I've just brought coats in. Maybe today, God is offering you a robe of salvation. Maybe for the first time in this place today, you're beginning to understand there's a God that loves you, that sent his son to die for you. And maybe today, God is offering that to you today. Or maybe... God is offering you a new robe of, I'm sorry, I I have to hang clothes up. I used to work for Next. And why do people do that? Put their coat hangers on the wrong way. How frustrating. Anyway, maybe he's offering you a new robe of devotion where you sit and just wait in his presence and he pours his spirit into your life. And your love for him grows as you begin to understand his love for you. Maybe within your work setting, he's offering you a new robe of responsibility or authority. And maybe it's a bit big, like that. Maybe it's a bit big, but 
It's coming your way and you don't feel quite ready for it. But it's an opportunity for God to help you, to build your character, to strengthen you. Maybe God is offering you a... These are getting bigger and thicker, by the way. Um, Maybe God is offering you a new robe of mission. Maybe God is placing people on your heart to start to talk to about him. Sometimes God's Holy Spirit just says, you need to pray for that person. Maybe it's your husband, maybe it's your wife, maybe it's your brother, maybe it's your um, children. And God is placing through his Holy Spirit a new sense and offering you a new opportunity of mission. Maybe it's one of service. And maybe, maybe this one is where God is saying, serve me in some capacity. Maybe it's joining one of our volunteer teams. Maybe it's just serving within your community. It doesn't have to be here, but maybe there is a new opportunity, which again feels a bit big, but actually God is offering that to you. For each one of us, this robe will be unique to you. Other people might have similar robes, but it'll be unique to you in your situation because there's only you there that can do what you are doing for God. Right, thank you, Daniel. Just take a seat. He'll be back in a moment. But it will always be bigger than we feel comfortable in. And in the same way as children say, Mum, Dad, it's a bit big, at the start of September. And our response is, you'll grow into it. God's response is, don't worry. You will grow into it. I'm with you throughout these, this process. The final thing, maybe, is growing up means growing out of things, of the old things. Could you imagine... Each year, as Hannah turned up, what Samuel would look like if he'd never taken off that first robe. And he just kept putting on more and more robes. Or perhaps if we were still trying to get Evie's feet into these little pink and purple shoes that she had at 11 months. That wouldn't be healthy. It would restrict our growth and their growth. Maybe... Today, God is saying to you, it's time to take off what you have been doing. Maybe for 20 years, maybe for 10 years, maybe for 30 years. Sometimes our past robes, the past things that we have done can restrict us and restrict what God has for us. I was a proud OHP Operator back in Stoke. Who knows what an OHP is? But could you imagine I was the youngest person to have ever done it in our church, the first member of the youth to operate this OHP. OHP, for those that have no idea what I'm on about, is basically a big light box that used to project the words up onto the screen 
um, or a wall generally, um, for the songs. And back in the day, we used to have people starting songs up all the time throughout worship, and it was a nightmare, not only for the keyboardists, the musicians, but also for the OHP person, because last week, the person who did it didn't put the thing back in the right place, and you would be hunting around, and everybody would be looking at you, and you'd be going red, and it was horrible. Um, But could you imagine if I was still doing that over in that corner? You've got this big thing going on here, but here's me, still doing that, faithfully doing this. Then it'd be the wrong way around, and then it'd be upside down, and then you try to move it to the left, and it'd go to the right, because it was in reverse, and all kinds of different things. Could you imagine? I would not have grown in all of those years, because I was still doing, faithfully doing, what God asked me to do when I was 14. Sometimes these things that we've done for God can be, this is mine and I'm happy with it and I'm not going to do anything about it other than this. David started as a giant killer, but before that, he was a shepherd. He then went on to play and soothe King Saul when he um, was struggling in his life. He then went on to be king. David was never meant to have stayed a shepherd. He was always destined to be king. And maybe where you started isn't where you were meant to finish. Maybe God has something different for you. But don't think that within God's kingdom, it is always a... um, What's the word? Higher, not hierarchy. Promotion. There we go. No wonder, as a Stoke fan, I don't understand the concept of promotion. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, maybe it's not always what we would see as a promotion. Because in God's kingdom, the least shall be the highest. The lowest will be the highest. God's kingdom is different than what we see within the world today. Come back. Right. This is where it gets interesting. But the problem is, so often we just hang on to our old things. And we just pile one thing after the other. You are, man. There we go. Cool. And God says, ego but we just don't want to take off what we've done. So it just keeps going and it keeps going. Until it starts to get a bit difficult. You in? Dislocate your shoulder. There we go. Ah. This is why I didn't do it, because I'd have been a puddle of water by now. Are we in? Ah. 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 Just for good luck. There we go. If we constantly hold on to the things that God has given us in the past, 
Are you comfortable? No. No. Can you bend your arms? Ish. Can you pick that up? Bit difficult, isn't it? Sometimes when God gives us a new robe, he doesn't mean us to hold on to everything else that we've done in the past. Sometimes we can have one or two on, but often to grow in God, we need to start to take off the old robes and the old things that we've done for him to enable us to move into what God has for us. And yes, it might, I'm going to take it off because he's going to be a bit hot now. Um, <laughs> they're all coming off at the same time. I'm just going to put them over there. Thank you. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> that last one is very warm. <laughs> we do need to take off these old things that God has for us. Because by the end, even though that coat on my size, it began to get difficult for Daniel to put them on because these old things that he was still holding on to restricted room for growth. Today, are you holding on to old things that God's done in your life that are restricting the future that God has for you? Pete Scazzaro in his book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader, says this. We are human beings, not human doings. The way that we grow is not by doing things for God alone. It is part But the way that we grow is by being with Jesus, spending that time. That is the most important thing to allow our spiritual growth to happen. Are we wearing too many robes? Once it was a robe of blessing, but now it's a robe of burden because it is restricting what God has for you. I love the idea of Hannah going up to the temple each year, anticipating um, Samuel's growth. Does God look at your life and see your growth and is eagerly waiting to place on a new robe upon you? Does he expect it to have space in there for growth of what he wants to do with and in your life? Maybe he's holding out a new robe, a bigger robe, where there is room for you to grow and room for God to grow in you. So what robe does God have for you? Isaiah 61 says this. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Today, you have an opportunity to receive a robe of salvation. For the first time today, maybe God is offering to you a place where you can walk and live in relationship with him. Maybe today you have old robes that are restricting what God wants to do in your life. And maybe today God is saying to you, take off the old robe. I have a new one for you.
Don't let your past, good and bad, restrict the future that God has for you. Maybe you're asking God for a new robe today. Something to stretch you. Something to, to, for you to explore and enlarge your understanding of God in this place today.